Goobagoo elevates your customer experience with our premium chat and digital retailing tools. Modernize your dealership's car buying process at goobagoo.com, where excellence meets automotive retail. That's G-U-B-A-G-O-O.com. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year automotive news digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive for Monday, January 22nd, 2024. I'm Jamie Butters, executive editor of Automotive News here in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, Stellantis will launch up to eight EVs on its new platform. More autos are getting exported from China and not just Chinese brands. And Waymo looks to expand its self-driving services to LA. Plus, Nissan CEO Makoto Uchida joins the show to talk about how the automaker is planning for an uncertain economic future. Our circumstances has been changed a lot and how we can adapt ourselves towards that. Otherwise, it will be very challenging for us to grow in each respective market. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Stellantis plans to launch up to eight electric vehicles on a flexible new platform through 2026. The automaker says it will begin in North America this year with Dodge and Jeep. The STLA large platform will underpin a varied mix of vehicles from Alfa Romeo, Chrysler, and Maserati. Although the brands have their own identities and vastly different portfolios, the company says the platform can be tweaked to meet the needs and capture the spirit of each brand. As part of its electrification plan, Stellantis is investing more than $54 billion over the next decade to have EVs represent all passenger car sales in Europe and half of cars and light trucks in the U.S. by 2030. Foreign car makers that have been losing market share to local rivals in China have been boosting exports from the world's largest auto market. They accounted for more than a fifth of the country's total vehicle exports last year. China is estimated to have overtaken Japan as the world's largest auto exporter in 2023, thanks largely to the strength of nimble local companies such as Cherry, SAIC, Geely, and BYD. But 18 foreign brands led by Tesla also exported 910,000 light vehicles from China last year. Those accounted for 22% of the country's 4.1 million cars and light truck exports, according to data from the China Association of Automobile Manufacturers. Alphabet's self-driving unit Waymo says it has applied to the California Public Utilities Commission to expand its driverless service in Los Angeles. Right now, Waymo operates extensively in San Francisco, the new license would allow the company to fully operate its fleet in Los Angeles, where it is now testing rides, allowing new rides by invitation only. The Utilities Commission did not immediately respond to a request for comment from Reuters. And Ally Financial's net income fell 73% year-over-year in the fourth quarter. The plunge was driven in part by its pending sale of Ally Lending to Synchrony. Ally announced Friday it had reached a deal to sell the point-of-sale financing business, a transaction prompting the company to write down the amount of goodwill on its balance sheet for the fourth quarter of 2023. Ally's auto finance business is the bank's largest income stream, 
and a major player in the vehicle financing sector. It produced $1.4 billion in net revenue in the fourth quarter. That's down 11% from a year earlier. Pre-tax income was down 33% in the same time period. Ally attributed the income drop to the expense of having to set aside more money in case of future losses. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, China is exporting a lot of vehicles, foreign brands and domestic brands. Do you think we'll see these vehicles make it to the U.S.? Not many directly. I mean, there are some already, uh, Ford and Buicks, that get imported to the U.S. kind of quietly, not in very large numbers. And we've seen Volvo try to use the workaround of having its exports that go to China and other markets used to offset imports from China and trying to avoid or at least get uh, refunded for the tariffs that it has to pay. I think for the domestic Chinese brands, you know, it is a, a bigger challenge. They're probably going to want to set up a dealer network or at least some sort of distribution system. The bigger threat there is less uh, imports from China directly as the possibility of, you know, BYD or some of the others building assembly plants in Mexico and being able to benefit from the USMCA or NAFTA trade agreement and import with little or no tariffs. Ah, gotcha. That Mexican backdoor. Uh, Coming up, we'll hear from Nissan CEO Makoto Uchida. That's next on Daily Drive. Daily Drive is kicking off the new year by reviving an old name in a new format. We're bringing back a weekend drive edition of Daily Drive. Jamie and I will go deeper into the biggest automotive stories of the week. Every weekend, you'll hear fresh insights, analysis, and what has me running hot, if not overheated. To think that's going to get done in a year, a little over a year, is um, foolishly optimistic. That's that's a little dark, but let's shift (laughs) to something a little more positive. You'll also hear from our experts in the newsroom here at Automotive News about the latest industry trends and topics. EV sales are not declining. That's the narrative we're kind of seeing outside of the industry. They aren't declining, but the pace of growth definitely has slowed. Come back this weekend for our Weekend Drive edition of Daily Drive. And of course, tune in every weekday for all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. We know 95% of customers complete at least a portion of their vehicle buying journey online, so they expect the deal they create on your website to match exactly what they see in your showroom. If it doesn't, you can lose that customer's trust, risking not only that deal, but also any future opportunities. That's where Gubagoo's virtual retailing steps in. We transform the conventional car buying process into a modern, transparent, and seamless experience. With Goobagoo, you'll be able to access information the customer entered online, such as their favorite vehicles, in-progress deals, and any pending orders when they enter your dealership. And our industry-leading F&I process averages nearly three times greater revenue per deal, thanks to our smart menus and bundles. Did we mention that virtual retailing is fully integrated with our premium chat solution? Real-time messaging and live support from our team of specialists brings the engagement of your showroom directly to your website. Don't let disconnected experiences drive customers away. Try virtual retailing by Goobagoo, where seamless meets success. Discover the difference and see why over 8,000 dealers and 20 OEMs trust us at goobagoo.com. That's G-U-B-A-G-O-O 
com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. CEO Makoto Uchida wants to clean out the closet at Nissan, saying the automaker needs to jettison its old, clumsy, inefficient ways, no matter how comfortable they might be. Uchida is channeling that thinking into a radical remake of Nissan that he hopes to announce by March 31st, the end of the company's fiscal year. The new midterm plan will chart Nissan's next three years and update a longer-range vision through the end of the decade. Although he wasn't able to reveal any details of the plan before its official unveiling, he gave Automotive News Asia editor Hans Greimel his sense of how global markets are evolving and how he sees Nissan evolving to meet those conditions. They spoke at Nissan's global headquarters in Yokohama. We'll start off with the idea of the midterm plan. I know mm. there's not a lot that you can say about that, mm. but let's talk a, a little bit about the timing. You're still trying to get this done sometime this winter, maybe by the end of the fiscal year and by the end of March. Is that Yeah, right? we are thinking about present something by the end of the fiscal year. Okay. And the idea here is mm. what will the MTP encompass mm. again? Mm. Uh, you, you mentioned it's... Uh, the uh, next three years plus mm-hmm. and beyond? Yeah, we announced our mission 2030 in 2021. I think the market has evolved a lot. We are going to accomplish our Nissan Next uh, by this March end. Then we would like to show what will be a next midterm plan and, and beyond. And during the midterm plan timing, what are we going to be prepared to demonstrate our growth towards the beyond the midterm plan? So for me, very important to show to the market how Nissan to get there, as what we say the ambition to 2030. Under the business circumstances has been evolved. So these are what we are preparing now, and uh, we really would like to show that to the market. And one thing we can expect mm. is a change, mm. rather radical changes inside Nissan. You mm. can't continue doing the same things you've done in the past into the future. That's one of the mm. themes that I hear from you. Can you talk about what that means exactly? You can't keep doing the same thing. Yeah, the way I say this, uh, our business situation is making us do so that way because the totally the business way, our circumstances has been changed a lot and how we can adapt ourselves towards to that. Otherwise, it will be very challenging for us to grow in each respective market. Therefore, I'm always saying what we have been doing from the past, we will continue to do something can be adaptable for the future, but some area that we need to change we need to focus to the different way has to be demonstrated in the future. And you said maybe over the next three years, mm-hmm. uh, the product portfolio won't see radical change, but what kind of big changes, I mean, how much big change mm-hmm. can we expect uh, going forward by the next three years and beyond? For, for the product? Or product or corporate culture or uh, yeah, is, um, you mentioned perhaps a supplier approach? Mm-hmm. Again, I go back toward the pace of the each market is totally different and how we're going to design ourselves for the future, not only by us, but also with our partner, means our network dealers and also the suppliers. And, and uh, we need to anticipate how the world probably would move in the next three to, I would say, seven years. Then predicting those, how do we want to work with our partner in order for us to grow together? Uh, for us as a Nissan, we always say that we want to enrich the, our people's life driving our innovation. That is why we exist for. That is what we also say through the Ambition 2030. And under this uh, business circumstances, which is sometimes become a bit more uncertainty in the future, how we can make sure to do that with our partner 
to make ourselves to be a much more pleasant together. And that is going to be key word. So do how is for me is most important uh, to be able to explain under the midterm plan. And the U.S. market too is mm-hmm. a kind of a, a, one of the markets that's mm-hmm. in flux mm-hmm. and experiencing change. Recently, we saw some uptick in EVs, but because of the macroeconomic forces mm-hmm. with bigger, mm-hmm. uh, higher inflation and higher interest rates mm-hmm. and uh, slowing demand, there's been a increased look at uh, entry level mm-hmm. markets or affordable uh, vehicles. What is Nissan's approach mm-hmm. to maybe shifting a little bit toward uh, its its market or its lineup or its volume towards that to capture that that mm. demand, that growing demand for affordable vehicles. Yeah, we always say that, that we want to deliver the product based on the customer choice. And we need to carefully watch how is the future market would evolve. And we will continue to have a variety of the product that starting with our electrification strategy, electrification vehicle, and the affordable vehicle. We do have a lot of the other um, plant that we can supply those and uh, we will continue to do that. Is that shift back toward <clears throat> more uh, with a higher demand for affordable vehicles, <clears throat> is that a, actually a bonus or an advantage for a company <laughs> like Nissan that, that has that still plays in that, yeah. that world? Because a lot of companies <clears throat> gave up the, the lower end uh, vehicles. <clears throat> But Nissan still has plenty to offer. Is that maybe a, a secret weapon of, of well, Nissan? Well, I, I wouldn't like say it? the secret weapon, but we do want to provide those uh, vehicles, not only in the U.S., but also in uh, Mexico and other markets. We want to make sure that if that the customer feels valuable to what we are providing, we will continue to do so. But we need to monitor the market very carefully because there's a lot of investment to be involved for the electrification and how we're going to keep those uh, uh, vehicles from the ice and so on. So we need to make those plans. Uh, for me, we cannot only make one plan. We should anticipate a couple scenario. And if A comes, how are we going to react? This kind of anticipation is mostly important, to say, beyond the midterm plan, because we need to know, we need to understand how the market will evolve. Will your midterm plan also have <clears throat> multi-scenarios like that? Or will it be kind of very straightforward? Internally, we should look into the cases. But of course, uh, when we announce this is what we believe and we want to drive on this way. And one of the challenges that we talked about too was the <clears throat> idea of, of China and com- new competition <clears throat> coming from China and the speed of that competition. <clears throat> How big of a, of a challenge or <clears throat> an uncertainty is <clears throat> the Chinese component <clears throat> to your thinking about the future? I, I would say that their speed is fast and it has been in the past two years and uh, their penetration is so high. We need to be carefully uh, prepare ourselves how we can be competitive. And that is one of our midterm plan of the pillar, how we want to make sure our electrified vehicle to be competitive, not only the pricing, but also in the cost. Because I think the pace of the uh, price of the uh, EV or electrified vehicle coming down faster than what we are mm. expecting, right. knowing that the scale is not yet there. Right. But it has been driven that situation. The market is already becoming that many reasons. So we cannot underestimate. We need to be prepared. Is the cost coming down <laughs> as fast as the price? Are you I would say to... scale, scale becoming scale. bigger. Yeah, scale has grown much faster, which enable the cost to be more optimized. Well, for the companies that can capture scale, it's sure. going faster. Exactly. Right? But yeah. some companies still 
Well, if we look even at the U.S., we look at like General Motors or Ford. Mm -hmm. They had big plans for big scale, but they're actually kind of downsizing or kind of putting the brakes on their scale plans at this point. So it's really a difficult equation, right, to get that cost when the volume is not quite there. Yeah, therefore, we need to look at the many aspects because it's not on the past cost, right? How are we operationally to make it more efficient? How are we going to work that with our partners? Mm -hmm. So many ideas of the innovative idea, I would say, has to be put into the uh, place in order for us to be competitive. And that's the most important for us, how we're going to further discuss our partner by looking at the market evolution for the future. And you mentioned also that uh, one of the advantages mm. of some of the new players is that mm. they're vertically oriented instead of horizontally mm. oriented. Mm. Why is vertical integration mm. like that a, a positive? What, why uh, again, this is my opinion. But the vertically integrated means you have your uh, ability or agility to make a very fast decision, right? Oh, because you're yeah. in control of everything. Yes. Okay. But if you are working with a partner, that you may need a lot of the uh, uh, adjustment in a way. Uh-huh. But, but I don't say that it's disadvantage. I, I'm saying how those could be advantage for the future. What's one of the advantages of having the horizontal, mm. uh, the, kind of the old thinking, the traditional mm. layout mm. of the horizontal? Mm. Or if, uh, we are not right. exposed by ourselves. We do have a lot of the uh, technology idea from our partner could become the strength, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't say integrated company is stronger than vertical or vertical is stronger than integrated, but we should demonstrate how we can be competitive under the way we are managing today. And that is, for me, going to be a key message for the future. How long do you think, we talked a little bit about the Chinese and the Americans, but what about the Chinese in America? Is that going to be, right now they're kind of, they're not big players there, but can we expect the Chinese to be a long-term competitor? I I cannot comment on the future of that, but I think what we as a Nissan has to do is, again, I go back to the competitiveness. So we, we really need to make sure how we can optimize our cost way of our operation, and how we're going to design that in each respective market. And the MTP will be a convincing mm-hmm. plan for how you can optimize cost and have a roadmap mm-hmm. to a com- mm-hmm. competitiveness mm-hmm. the next three years and beyond. We have to demonstrate how the Nissan's going to get there. If I were the audience, I want to hear that. I look at the world today, our business circumstances is the pace is all different. And if Nissan wants to be more glow in each respective market, how are you going to do, would be the question. Then we want to be able to explain how we are going to do. That, what is our plan? And when the MTB comes out, it will achieve that. You're, you're That's what we are believing to. And we have to make sure to demonstrate that. Again, this is not only saying execution will be the most important. So we have to make our explanation could resonate to the market. And maybe one last question just about the, the state of the alliance these days. We talk about you know horizontal arrangement or integration with partners, but at the same time, it seems like Nissan and Mitsubishi, I guess, is, are t- together have kind of is, has been estranged with one of their long-term partners, which is Renault. Uh, it seems like in a time and period like this, it might make more sense to come together with Renault and, and work more closely together, but yet Right now, it seems like they're kind of coming apart a little bit. No, no, how, no, no. how would you, ex- how do you explain it's, the current It's not coming apart. Okay. I'm always telling that this kind of occasion, we are looking at how the market is moving. 
-hmm. and how do we want to go to the next stage. Okay. That's the why we are doing all this announcement with our partner. Okay. I think it was the last uh, December. Mm -hmm. We also showed some of the our program that we want to do together right. even more stronger. Mm -hmm. And I think that would fit more knowing how the market would evolve. How does one of the key achievements of 2023 mm -hmm. was the realignment of the alliance so that you have 15 uh, equal cross mm -hmm. shareholdings. Sure. 15% yeah. in each company yeah. holding each mm -hmm. each and the other. And how does that help Nissan long-term in terms of mm. being free to pursue its own mm. strategy or move more nimbly or... Yeah, again, again I, I go back to the principle. We want to make sure how each company can grow in the future, mm -hmm. knowing how the market will be evolving. So therefore, we came to this conclusion. Now we need to demonstrate that how we're going to grow on each company. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have done of this uh, restructuring would help us to make to the next stage. Again, it's going to be a both companies benefit means that each company would have their own uh, independent thinking because the market is moving. And of course, where are we going to do it together much more stronger? We are saying that the, can we continue where we are in the before for the future? This was also the discussion with my partner. Mm. Then we realize it's better to this take this step to make even better for the partner. That's how we so built in, this. In a way, it helps enable more independent, nimble, faster mm -hmm. thinking on each. each I mean, company. each company has their own, has to grow, right, under these difficult circumstances. Mm -hmm. So that is helping us. And, and uh, I think now even making more faster discussion on each program or each collaborative item that we are building on each respective market. And I, I think it is proving already. Uh, not only, I would say, that the direction, but also including the mindset of our, each company's people. Well, we look forward to hearing a lot more of the, about the details that we couldn't discuss today because it's mm -hmm. a little too early. But regarding the midterm plan, we're very excited to hear what you have in store for the next three years and beyond. And I'm sure it's going to be, uh, it was a lot of work in progress. So, mm -hmm. um, Uh, I'm sure the results will be uh, well worth the wait. So thank you for speaking with us today. Thank you for having me and uh, we do our best. Of course. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Vince Bond Jr. and John Hutter for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on manufacturing, electrification, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation with Arun Mahapatra, Product Marketing Manager at U.S. Unit AUO Corp. America, which specializes in digital displays. As mobility evolves, um, we've got new applications, rideshare vehicles, autonomous driving vehicles. They all have a different way of communicating with customers, and displays are the conduit to make that happen. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. 